0: Welcome to episode 20 of the Emerge and Expand podcast. I'm your host, Catherine McKenzie-Smith, and I have another Do Business Differently interview to share with you today with the wonderful Rashida Tayabali, who I first met in Sydney many, many years ago. Rashida Tayabali is a copywriter for female entrepreneurs. She helps women in business use the power of clear and concise copy to sell their product or service without sounding salesy. She helps clients reduce their content stress so they can grow their businesses. Her dream is to be a multi- Cultural fiction author and right near the sea. In her free time, you'll find her frowning at typos and trying to catch up on the 20 plus books she has yet to read on her bookshelf and Kindle. And I know that she is absolutely not alone with that one. Let's dive into the interview. Hi, Rashida. Thank you so much for being here. I am really looking forward to reconnecting with you after all these years. Thanks, Catherine. It's really lovely to be here and to be chatting with you too. Can we just start by going back to the basics of what it is that you actually do for anyone who is listening who hasn't come across your work yet?
1: Okay. So, I'm a copywriter for women in business. Um, I used to be a generalist up until a few years ago. And then I niched into this area. And uh, predominantly, I niched because I really like working with women in business. I think they're very smart, they're very savvy, you know, they're great at pretty much doing everything except writing their own content. And that's where I come in to give them a hand.
0: And what was it that led you to the point, I guess, when you started your business, but also to niching down to working with women in business specifically?
1: So I started my business while I was on maternity leave from my marketing job. And um, I I didn't actually think of it as a business right from the beginning. It was just started off as a hobby and also because I'd really loved to write and read all my life. Now I was one of those nerdy kids who refused to go out to play and instead sat in the corner uh, reading, um, you know, the latest library book. So, um, I think with writing and reading always been a big part of my life. It's just that I grew up in Kenya in the, and I finished high school in the early 2000s, you know, just when the internet had been introduced and, uh, Uh, And unfortunately, at that time, there was not much scope for me to become a writer. It wasn't a known path. You know, it wasn't it wasn't being offered at many universities in Kenya. And um, I would have had to go and live in a regional town. And, you know, my parents were not in favor of it. So it was either do a business degree or do a medical degree. And I was like, no, I'm scared of needles. So I'm not going anywhere near medicine. So business was my um, next option. So I did that at uni and you know I worked in that for a while as well um, after I moved from Kenya to Perth. And it was only when I had my first child and um, you know that sort of thought came back into my head about oh what is it what can I do while I'm on maternity leave because I was really afraid that my brain would rust and that I'd lose connection <laughs> with the outside world you know having yeah. never had a baby before. So I did a couple of courses at the Australian Writers' Centre and pretty much started pitching um, ideas to editors um, shortly after. And then to my surprise, they were actually getting accepted and wow. I was getting paid to write for the first time in my life that my dream was coming true. You know, somebody was actually paying me um, to write. So I did that for a couple of years while my, my baby was small. And then as my work kept um, being read and you know people were reaching out to me via social media saying oh can you write my bio and can you write my website and I thought oh okay I know I had done a bit of writing in my marketing job but nothing along those lines so I thought okay yeah why not I'll give it a try and that's pretty much how I became a copywriter 11 years on
0: wow what a cool journey of just going with a little spark yeah. and then uh, taking that and running with it. But how wonderful to bring you kind of what feels like a little bit full circle to writing your own books and things as well.
1: Yeah, and and uh, to be honest, like um, whenever I do think about that, you know, I get up in every morning and you know working and coming running my business is an absolute joy because this is what lights me up. Yeah. Um, and this is what I'd been you know, dreaming of doing half my life. It's just that it just happened a little bit later than I thought, but, you know, better late than never. And I really do love what I do. And like I said, I'd been a generalist for a few years. And then it just happened that I met a dream client um, who turned out to be a woman in business. And I thought, you know what? I really enjoy uh, enjoyed working with her. So I'm just going to niche into this area because I feel like uh, a lot of business owners and especially uh, women, um, they're so overwhelmed because they're trying to do everything in their business. So content creation generally becomes like an afterthought. And, you know, the website is not quite saying what they want to say. And they're always second guessing themselves and, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to find the right words. I thought, you know what, I love finding the right words. And I love working with women in business. I thought I'm just going to niche into this area.
0: Oh, I love that so much. And I think you're absolutely right. As someone who is the opposite side of that, I know how easy it is to help other people with their work as well. Um, I find that so easy. But when I sit down to work on my own copy, you always get in your head and you start overthinking it and you want it to be perfect. And all the things that you know about what you see when you look at other people's work and you know about their message and how to make that make sense. I just feel like it all goes out the window.
1: Yeah, it really does. And uh, honestly, I had that experience recently because I'm doing a website rebrand and I decided to write my own copy. And, oh my gosh, I just went through the whole process and I was like, you know what, I, just, I can't write. I was like, I don't know how I became a copywriter. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I sort of had a stone talking to myself and um, I belong to a really wonderful community of writers on Facebook and they all rallied around me and they said, what are you talking about? You know how to write. doing doing this for such a long time anyway I got I pulled myself together and had another writer (laughs) look at my work and she's like you're on the right track like I wouldn't change much in here so I thought okay Mm. I think I'm not so bad after all
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is so reassuring I know it's not a nice thing to feel but it is actually reassuring to know it's not just me or for anyone else listening who finds that as well that feels that way that you do start to get in your own head and start to doubt all of your abilities because I feel like most of the time you're just far too close to it
1: yeah yeah and it's sometimes it's uh not sometimes actually many times it's very hard to know what makes you different to whoever's out there and then you get stuck in comparisonitis where you start scrolling through people's websites and you're like oh my god my own website sucks you know and I'm nowhere near this quality and I'm never going to get clients again so I think at that point in time I think sometimes it's far easier to save yourself the angst And the second guessing by just bringing someone in who actually Mm. knows and can turn around the, the, the job a lot quicker than it would take you months and months and months to, you know, get inside your copy and actually get something out there. And you're not always quite sure whether it has hit the mark or not. Yeah. So that's, yeah, sometimes it's just better to admit that, you know, my zone of genius is something else and writing is not one of it. And for me, writing is my zone of genius, but writing my own copy is not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But how wonderful to have a community of people as well that can rally around you, because I don't know about you, but I definitely have found over the years that working in a solo business can just get so lonely. And when you're a more introverted person, you can find yourself just, you get in your little hermit cave. And it all just can sometimes feel like, oh, I'm out here on an island or I'm in a cave on my own. And like, where are my people? Is anyone else feeling like this? Is anyone else looking at their own copy or starting to write something and just staring at that blank page, not knowing where to start? And the importance of community in that to remind you to keep checking in with people because they will rally around you. But another thing that you said that made me think like, this is really important, is that we do sometimes tell ourselves we should be able to do all of it. We should be able to do all the things ourselves. Can you just tell us a little bit more about why having someone who can help with copywriting and content and SEO, how that can, apart from the fact, like you said, it can take time out of the equation, how else it can really help someone to get that clarity around what it is that they're trying to do, and I guess build their confidence when they've got somebody else there supporting them to get that right.
1: Um, I think, first of all, it it uh, the, the I think one of the benefits of doing that is actually it reduces your stress level and yeah. it allows you to step back from your business and let somebody else who's coming in with fresh eyes look at it and tell you that actually, you're really special because you're doing ABC and you might not think it because you're doing it on a day-to-day basis. So having somebody who can articulate that into the right words, like you'd find you find a lot of bad words on the internet, um, but good copy on the other hand can do so much for your business. You know, it can get you PR, it can get you really amazing opportunities. And most importantly, it attracts the people you're trying to serve. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes... um. You also are not quite sure until somebody asks you the right questions about who exactly your market is. I had um, a call earlier this week with a, a small business owner in in, um, in the States um, who's trying to relaunch her candle shop. And uh, she, while talking through the, you know, her her business with her, she, in her mind, her primary market was ethnic communities when actually it was not. It was actually the broader, you know, uh, the the, the uh, middle aged sort of American Caucasian market that she was actually would appreciate her products more than. And her, I mean, the ethnic community was still a, a market, but it was a secondary yeah. market. And then she was also not sure about, you know, she really wanted to focus on her story. Um, but then I sort of asked her to pull back and think about, OK, um, you want to um, you know, uh, use nostalgia as a factor in writing your copy. But then what does that mean to your audience? You know, if they've mm-hmm. not had the same experiences growing up, then that nostalgia doesn't mean much to them. Yeah. Um, so just things like that where, you know, you can just, uh, sort of have somebody come in and give you a different point of view. Uh, another client, for example, had been struggling with a 10-year-old website for, well, years. She had been trying to fix it herself. You know, she kept missing out on work because people would just come to her website, and not quite sure what she did. And just a, a simple suggestion from me on having a calendar plugin on her website, fix that issue, wow. first and foremost of people like not being able to reach her directly, yeah. first of all. And second, I helped her actually clarify all the different things. So this this um, client of mine does like about a dozen different things. And they were all mixed up in her head. So she didn't quite know, okay, how to articulate that properly. Yeah. So I came in, broke it down for her, you know, cut it uh, sort of... um set up different service pages for her. So now all she does is when she gets an inquiry through her calendar, she simply sends them a link to that service page and says, this is what I do. Or she gets specific inquiries about her service based on what somebody has read on her website. So they'll just come up to her and say, you've listed this workshop on your page. Can you just run that again for me? So she says Mm -hmm. it saved her hours and hours of trying to explain to that person what she does um who she does it for and how to book her
0: isn't that amazing and that's like a secondary thing that someone wouldn't even think hiring a copywriter to help them would even like the impact that that can have not just in your messaging and your marketing but also in things like your systems as well when you've just got somebody else having a a look externally like from the outside going oh you could just try this and then that making such a huge difference for people Yeah, it
1: it really does. Because I mean, when you're running your own business, I think it all gets really messy in your head after a while, especially when you're trying to clarify what it is you're doing. And especially as well, if you're trying to service multiple audiences, I think that Mm. also can get mixed up in your messaging. So I think having somebody external come in and also, you know, have your whatever project you had going on for years, you know, having it turned around in say about four to six weeks or so and then you're just putting it out there and you know it's saying everything you want to say and you can just get on with running your business.
0: Yes definitely yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, there's something to be said for outsourcing the things that are becoming a bit of a resistance or a block in you being able to move forward towards yes. taking yeah. action or getting clients in your business for sure.
1: Yeah. And also with, with with me in particular as well, I tend to work very collaboratively with clients. So mm-hmm. it's not a something like, you know, they just give it to me and say, OK, here you go. And I just give them back the copy and say, OK, here you go. That, that's it. My work is done. Every yeah. step, uh, I think of the way I, I make sure that they're involved, you know, they, they know what to expect and they're happy as the pro- uh, project is progressing. Because there's no point in then getting something that you're not happy with because you were not yeah. consulted all through. So it's, thing, a very much a collaborative process, and I feel that's what gives the best results for the businesses I work with.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. Thank you for bringing that up because it is something that I've always wondered. I know it's something that's kind of coming up in the conversation, even around AI and using that as a way to um create content how do you help someone to capture their own voice and then be able to provide a service where you are trying to you know take that and and put your spin on it and put your expertise into it to create something that feels like something that they would have written but just a better version of that
1: um so one of the first things I do is um I have an initial call with the client, you know, and I had, I probably have been following them for a while, because most of them do reach out to me on social media. So I am familiar with a little bit of what they do. But we go through a really in-depth call. It's about mm-hmm. uh, one to one and a half hours where I get together with them and we talk. Like, I pretty much ask them everything there is to know about their business. And as, as they're talking as well, I'm making notes about some of the phrases they're using, you know the language you know do they prefer a more formal tone are they because sometimes the way people write is very different from the way they speak and uh, yeah. you know we we sometimes get so flustered with writing that we tend to then lapse into a more formal tone when actually that's mm-hmm. not the way you're speaking to your clients so uh, a lot of the copywriters i know and myself included will go through an in-depth questionnaire um, to extract every last bit of information from the business owner mm. so that we are then able to go back and then create copy that sounds like them and that they're comfortable promoting as well.
0: And I can just hear when you talk about it how, how important this is to you and how much you love what yeah, you do. I do. I and do. I genuinely think <laughs> if anyone is listening to this and think and not thinking, oh, maybe I need to hire a copywriter, because I definitely <laughs> am. But for someone who is, you know, that we've been having these conversations, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, been having these conversations in my communities lately. We just did Master Your Message uh, recently, which is Really helping people who are doing service-based businesses and and services um, like coaching and energy healers and people who I guess that there's not a tangible deliverable at the at the outset or the outcome of their offer. And so we've been talking about getting clarity around that transformation and how you share that message with your people in a way that resonates with them versus exactly like you said, that more formal way or what I notice is a more nebulous kind of way of talking about their transformation. Like I'm going to help you live your best life, which doesn't really mean anything to people, even though it sounds wonderful. For someone who might be listening, who isn't in a position in their business yet where they can outsource their copy to someone like yourself, do you have any recommendations or suggestions for how they can start taking the ideas and turning them into something that's more clear that's going to resonate with their people
1: okay oh boy i could talk about this all day um so my first you know piece of advice around this is you need to know your audience right and mm. we're not talking a hundred two hundred people who might be interested in your service we are talking that one person that mm. you can speak to directly and that might already be somebody that you're dealing you know you your you you know, providing a service to in your business that you feel, okay, oh my God, she's, you know, a really good client or he's a really good client and I'm really gelling with him. Everything's going smoothly. So have that person in mind and create a customer profile for them. Mm-hmm. Go deeper than just saying they're this age, you know, they live in this area, this is their education level. I think for you to be able to write content that really, really connects with your audience, you need to know what what drives them Okay. What are their fears? What do they, what keeps them up at 2 a.m. at night? And that's one of the questions I ask my client, you know, what keeps up your client at 2 a.m. at night? Is it, you know, um, you know, if, if, uh, for example, if it's a, if, if um, one of your audience is a coaching service, you know, the, the sort of people that they would want to attract, what keeps them up at night? Is it, you know, an imposter syndrome? that they're worrying about, that they have to go into work the next morning and they have to present a meeting, but they don't feel capable enough to do it. And that's what keeps them up at night. So really drill down into your audience's, uh, what we call in copywriting, their fears, their desires, and then what would prompt them to then look for a service like yours. And um, a few things that I use in my research. So one of it is actually I do, uh, I go into forums online I type in, you know, whatever, um, the business I'm dealing with and I look at all the conversations people are having online about mm. it. Uh, Google yes. has a discussions button as well that if you type in your topic in and then you pull up the discussion, but it'll show you everything on the net. Uh, whoever's talking about that topic, it'll come up um yeah. social listening is a great tool as well so if you look at your um you know uh, other businesses who are providing a similar service to yours look at the people who are following them especially if you've got a huge following see the comments see what they're talking about and youtube channels are great for this as well because there's heaps of content and especially like mm-hmm. um you know a lot of um, uh, you know well-known coaches like I, I tend to fo- follow Marie Folio online mm-hmm. and she's got a lot of like people commenting on her work and you can actually get a good understanding of your audience especially if your audience is similar to mm. what to that person so all of these places are really good you know avenues to get uh, to do your research uh, this is secondary research um, first and foremost you should if, if you have a client in your business that you're really gelling with like I said Ask them if they can grant you 15 minutes of their time and walk I know um, them through certain questions like, what were you struggling with before you met me? Um, what are the solutions did you try and how successful were they? Then how did you find me? What has been your experience so far? And uh, looking at where you were and where you are now, how do you think I've helped you through all this? And you will get so much gold. We call it voice of customer research. And that's what, that's something that you can do with your own clients, you know, to try and get an understanding of. Who exactly is your what we call your dream customer and how to write, then write content that actually appeals to them because you have tapped into their fears, their desires, and their ambitions.
0: So many good gems in there. <laughs> so many really actionable tips. And I completely agree with you. I call it like a feedback loop yeah. that we can put out content for days. We can put out 50 pieces of content a day if we have the capacity to create that. But if we're not paying attention to who it's resonating with, what comments and questions are coming from, from that and actually starting to build like you mentioned with how you work with your clients this co-created container where we put something out we get feedback we listen we pay attention to the comments and when you're building that and you don't have the big community like you said going to youtube going to people's social media accounts who are in a similar niche to you joining facebook or linkedin groups that are related to where your people might be and seeing the conversations that come up so valuable for so many reasons like getting great ideas for content but I think also something that you mentioned there as well that I really want to touch on is speaking in the language or the words that your people use, not the words that are your industry's jargon words. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? How do we simplify it to meet our clients where we're at instead of talking to our peers and using language that is that peer language that we learn when we're in our industry and we're, we're experts in our industry? How do we turn around and really speak to our people instead of talking to our peers? Yeah.
1: Okay, so this is where that voice of customer research comes into play and all that yeah. secondary research that you've done, you know, on your business, the social listening, um, another uh, actually really good source of research I've forgot to mention was Amazon, Um, especially books written on book that reviews. subject have got some really good reviews. Uh, mm. uh, uh, like if you look at the, you know, the, the number of reviews that there'll always be people talking about, I had this challenge, then I read this book, and then this is what happened. So mm. that is uh, so pretty much use that language that they have used with you to write your copy and tie it with a benefit at the end. Mm. So if, if, for example, if you have a, if you're a coach wanting to help the, um women overcome imposter syndrome, for example, what is the end benefit? Like, what is the transformation they're going to see via your service? You know, are you going to move them from confusion to self-confidence? Are you going to make them more confident? Are you going to make them, you know, able to stand up in front of hundred people and speak about a topic that they're passionate about without feeling like an imposter? So, if you show them that transformation in your content, they are more likely to engage with it and
0: convert, and you know, um, book your service. Thank you so much for sharing that. So, like, so many good tips. <laughs> And I really like the words that you use to explain that, like the, the listening and also then speaking in your customer's voice, not speaking in your voice. And I think that we can, like you said, use our content to maybe teach our people some of the language, like actually explaining to people what that means and what that looks like, how that presents itself in its day, in our daily lives to give people the words to talk about stuff that's coming up for them, which I think as well can help build trust. Would you say?
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely will. The more your audience sees themselves in your words, the more likely they are to trust you. Um, yeah. you know, because like, uh, um, human beings are inherently, you know, you're always wanting to know what benefit something has for you, whether you're seeking it out consciously or not. If you know, yes. if something doesn't speak to me directly, it doesn't speak to the sort of problem I'm struggling with, I'm not likely to pay much attention. So the more your audience can, the more you build a picture with your words and the more the audience sees themselves in that picture, the higher the engagement with your content and with Mm. your business. So it just comes down to as simple as that. So you need to move from a place of what you do to how what you do is helping the person that you want to buy your service.
0: Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And um, oh, there was something that you just said then that sparked a question and it's just, I've just lost it for a second. So one thing that came up in my Master Your Message training was that people kind of have a huge list of of ways and don't want to necessarily or don't know yet which one to focus on the most. But if someone's kind of established that their ideal or dream client has you know, a certain set of circumstances, or there's a a list of things that they're either looking to change or that are presenting themselves as symptoms of a bigger problem. How would you advise or suggest that someone might start to either narrow that focus down, like you did yourself when you realized that you didn't want to generalize anymore and you wanted to focus on women in business? How do they figure that out? And also in the meantime, if they've got a list of a bunch of different things, is it worth testing a whole bunch out or trying to find a common thread? Like what would you recommend to someone who's trying to work that out?
1: Okay, so I think with the first part of the question, I think you need to know what your zone of genius is. And I think Mm -hmm. every business person has this, right? So there is a business person who might be brilliant at being a mentor. And then there's another one who is brilliant at teaching. and Mm. Then there's somebody else who, who might be brilliant at just training. For example. So you need to one realize what is that part of your business that you do that really lights you up? And that if you somebody woke you up at 2 a.m. to do it, you would do that. Okay. Yes. That's the first part. That's the first part of the question. And then the the second part of the question about how to narrow down, I think if you can marry that zone of genius to your to a service offering, um, that will help you help you narrow it down. Because mm. I I think the, the thing is you need to decide which part of your business you want to go deep in rather than try and, you know, put a finger in, in lots of pies. Choose mm. one, choose your favorite pie um, and then just sit down and eat that pie.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> love that analogy. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: and if, it, it, it's like as if somebody told you to choose your favorite food and say if you only had to choose one food to eat for the rest of your life, what food would that be? That comes Mm. down to that zone of genius and what service you see yourself offering over and over and over again without being burnt out. And also something that you can scale profitably Mm. and and not not something also that takes up, I think it's too time intense in the sense that you're sort of exchanging um, time for money. Um, If you can figure out what your zone of genius is, which service lights you up the most and how to then offer it to as many people as possible. That is where you need to put your time, attention, and effort.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for (laughs) answering that. And for anyone who's freaking out and going, I don't know yet, or I have lots of things. I mean, I'm not only just a super indecisive person, but a multi-passionate person as well. And even when you were talking, I was like, oh, do I agree with that? And you know what? I know that the zone of genius part isn't necessarily anything that's in my messaging, but it's the way... It's the business model that I've chosen. And it's a way that I've chosen to show up in my business, which is because I know that I'm a bit of a, I do a lot of, a lot of different things, but mostly what I know my Sona Genius is is about actually coming up with ideas and helping people to brainstorm in that way. My membership model works so well because that is just like a constant back and forth with that. And so even though I was sitting there going, oh, I, don't if, I don't know if I agree with that, yeah. it's actually just made me realize, oh no, that's exactly what it is. It's yeah. just not necessarily Focusing in on one thing, like oh, I'm an expert in Facebook groups, or I'm an expert of yes, this thing. No, no. It's like, I'm a my zone of genius yes. is this skill, yes. and all of my services need to run through and make sure that they're uplifting that. So, for anyone who is thinking, oh, I don't know, what, that's just like a little example for anyone to take away with them. But if you have anything to add to that as well,
1: yeah, I completely agree with you. That it doesn't need to be the one area where you find. It's just what is your zone of genius? What is the thing that you're very good at, like really, yeah. really excellent at, and how can then can you then translate that into your business? Like for mm. for example, I'm my niche is you know women in business, but I write a lot of copy for other industries as well. So yeah. that that um, my zone of genius is that, and it's actually in in that niche is actually website copy. That's my zone of genius. Mm. But then I still enjoy and I do write other. Things as well, but I prefer where possible to be writing website copy for women in business. Because that's where I feel I add the most value to my client. And that is actually the way to approach it in your business. What do you do? What that what's that specific thing you do that creates the most value for your Mm. clients? And that will be, I think, your zone of genius.
0: Yes, I totally agree. And also, what you have, like you said, what you get up at two o'clock in the morning to yes, do as well, do. because it can be so easy, I think, to follow the money. If it's like, oh, well, the most lucrative thing right now is I'm going to make the most yeah. money from SEO or something like that, just to keep yeah. with your writing example. But if that's not something that you enjoy doing, it's always going to feel like a grind. And I think it's going to be, even though it can sometimes be like, oh, well, that's where the money is going to be. I think that actually can sometimes put a block in being able to receive that money when you're actually doing something out of alignment with what you really love and enjoy yeah, to do.
1: Absolutely. And then the, the 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 thing with that is that it will come across in your content. If you're not passionate about what you're doing, the messaging will just not reflect that. Yeah. And then uh, because the messaging is not reflecting that, then the clients won't come. Yes. So even though you're following the money, the uh it won't translate to that end goal of making more money so you'd rather concentrate on your zone of genius and figure out how to deliver it in your business and then the money will follow you know how that that popular saying that follow excellence and not success
0: oh i love that i don't think yeah. i've heard that before there's a there's yeah. a
1: very um, famous saying i don't know who said it but they said uh, it said that always follow excellence
0: mm. uh,
1: don't follow success and because Ugh. if you follow excellence success will follow
0: Oh, I love that. <laughs> I totally agree. And, and I think that comes down as well to the difference between your craft as a service provider and honing that versus like having the big flashy marketing and, you know, going kind of with what's trendy right now, um, really coming back to being a practitioner and and really honing your craft as well.
1: Yeah, completely true because all of those things will then come together and form the most delicious pie. Sorry about oh. the food. <laughs> Sorry about the food.
0: All this is all about pie today. Now I really want pie. Uh, but, no, you're so right. It's yeah. absolutely perfect. And I am so glad that I had you on to talk about this because it's just so much in alignment what I hear myself saying all the time. And so I really love when I have people on who just reflect exactly what I bang on about all the time. So thank you so much for (laughs) putting it in a way that is so, uh, with a beautiful pie analogy, but also um, so many gems for people. When you think about your work and what you hope for it in the world, especially as uh, someone who supports women in business, what is it that is your wish for your work and its impact on those people?
1: Okay, so um, so, uh, I'll approach that from a, from a couple of different angles. So from, in terms of my copywriting group, so for me, financial independence has always been very, very important. Even as a little girl and growing up, like the reason I work really hard and I've got two kids as well, and I've always had, you know, our babies while I was trying to establish my business is that that goal, you know, keeps me grounded. I need to be, even if I'm not earning, you know, a six figure, that's fine, But as long as I'm bringing something in and I haven't lost that ability to earn my own money, I think for me, that's always been important. And I think it will always be important. So for me, I really am very supportive of women who are trying to become financially independent through Mm. their businesses, whether it's, you know, trying to sell their skill or they're trying to educate or they're trying to do whatever. I want to do my best to make sure that I help them articulate that in a way that will allow them to be successful. Mm. So that's my first goal with my copywriting. Wow. Um, and with my second one, um, as I mentioned, um, you know, when we were chatting that I wrote my first book uh, two years ago, and it's a multicultural fiction novel. And I want to highlight a lot of social issues in through my books that generally The majority of the Australian public don't know about, you know, like usually the sort of books that you get on the shelves are, you know, somebody who came on a boat and, you know, who overcame struggles and hardships and then became really successful, you know, in, in, you know, in the, in the adopted country. But nobody ever, and, and I think that's now slowly changing, but then I don't find many books that just makes that just shows migrants being regular people you know they're dealing with death they're dealing with loss they're dealing with displacement all of those things so for my novel writing that is my wish to try and bring about a little bit of change and a little bit of a shift in perspective with the way migrants generally are viewed in, in, in australia and in many other countries around the world that we are actually regular people we just bring a lot more baggage with us because there is uh, because of the you know multiculturalism And all of that for us, making decisions even is not a very simple process because we have to Mm -hmm. think about the 20 people behind us will be affected by it, whether they're living with us or not. Um, So I want to try and and especially bring out all the struggles that, you know, uh, migrants and and females especially uh, who belong to multicultural societies go through and how it's not very simple being a, a woman from an ethnic background. So those are my two wishes.
0: So just, you know, <laughs>
1: nothing that big and important.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Like not to just have one amazing mission, but to be on this like two-pronged mission that is, as you said, so important. And to even be doing one of those things is just incredible, but I I love that, and I didn't know until I looked at your website the other day. I didn't actually even know you were writing fiction, so I'm so excited to check out what you've been doing and follow your fiction writing career as well. Because I um, see in the the booktop community on TikTok and the Bookstagram on Instagram, and I think that we need to support and uplift more women of color who are writing fiction books that aren't about the trauma of yeah. Black, Indigenous, and women of color, and actually do to support and uplift the stories of, like you said, of being a a person living in the world, not someone who has had to endure atrocities and that to be the only interesting story that we want to read about. So, wow, I can't wait. I'm going to share all of your links in the show notes for anyone who wants to check out not just your copywriting services and that work that you're doing, but also your books as well, because you've got a whole community of readers here too. Thank you
1: so much. I really appreciate that. And yeah, it's just, I think, The the main thing with me is that it's just, I think, one story at a time. And you just don't know how, you know, the work that I'm doing right now, it's, it's actually helping to a lot of other women in business, I think, live out their dream. And that's something I think I'm really passionate about and something that I'll continue doing for a long time. I love that so much.
0: Thank you so much for being here, Rashida. It has been an absolute pleasure, not just to connect with you after all these years since I lived in Sydney and we first got to meet, but also just to hear about the beautiful work that you're doing in the world. And like I mentioned, all of your links will be in the show notes. But for anyone who's listening and just wants to jump somewhere and connect with you quickly, can you just let us know where they can do that?
1: Um, Okay. So I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and on Instagram and my handle on both of those platforms is uh, Rashida Tayabali Writer. Thank
0: you so much for being here. Yeah. I've just loved this conversation so much. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much, Catherine. It's really lovely to connect with you after so many years. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast.
0: It's an honor for me. Oh, well, it's an honor for me as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Rashida. If you'd like to connect more with her and her work or check out the transcript and the show notes from today's episode or any of the links that we mentioned in this episode, please head to katherinemckenziesmith.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please remember to subscribe and leave a review if you haven't already. And I will catch you in the next episode.